Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Mrs. Tiffany Toombs is about to come on and rock your world. Talking about how to be unstoppable, especially if you have had fears of achieving things or um, blocks, sabotage, anything that has stopped you from living your greatest possible self. This woman is going to give you some powerful tools, powerful wisdom in just a second here. So make sure you stick around because we are just getting started on this 12-hour live stream marathon and uh, <laughs> nine hours in <laughs> and we are having a lot of fun definitely so thank you so much for being here I want to say from the bottom of my heart I appreciate you and for being on this journey for taking one step at a time uh, becoming your greatest possible self that's the name of the game uh, also if you are a woman you want to be around other empowered women you want to get clarity on who you are your purpose your gifts and you want to do it in a live event let me tell you meant for more I went last year I was the MC spoke on podcasting and it's come back this year in Las Vegas Miss Petia Kolibova she is hosting it April 24th 25th 26th it's going to be the bee's knees if you're a woman you want to be around other empowered women grow yourself and uh, become your GPS then definitely get out to meant for more go to meantformore.live meant f-o-r more dot live get over there get some tickets and uh, I'll see you there looking forward to meeting you and then also, I want to share the iTunes review of the week, which this week, it's by Inspiration J, J Inspiration, greatest possible podcast. Chris is committed to being his best, his guests being their best, and his audience being inspired to take action to transform their lives. J Inspiration, absolutely. That is what we are here for. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Subscribe while you're there. Give us a review. Let us know what you want to see more of and how we can improve the show for you. And I uh, just appreciate you being on the journey and look forward to potentially shouting you out as a future winner on a 12-hour live stream. I'm going to introduce Tiffany in just a sec here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This woman going to bring the heat, so make sure you stick around all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to say goodbye to all your self-sabotage and imposter syndrome for good. <laughs> so stick around because you could hear that one idea on this interview. Let's introduce her and then we'll bring her on. You may know Tiffany Toombs as an international speaker and leading expert on rewiring the unconscious mind for success and tapping into your personal potential. For over 20 years, Tiffany has educated and transformed the lives of thousands of people across the world. She is the author of Stop Being a Selfish Bitch, a comp comprehensive, <laughs> I was like, oh, I just said that. <laughs> it's okay, we can swear here. A comprehensive guide to living your best life through radical self-love and a top-rated self-help book. Tiffany's clients and course participants experience undeniable results, showcasing over and over again that our unconscious mind can be our most powerful asset when we truly understand how to make it work for us. And Tiffany, we are going to be bringing the heat on this interview, are we not? Yes, that, that's the only way I know how to do. Da, 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 da. 
I love it. We are live on Become Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you so much for being here, for, for your um, just mastery of NLP, of your craft of empowering people, and sharing that with our audience. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to just dive right into the theme of today. If that works for you, the theme is you are meant for more. What does that mean for you, Tim Tiffany? Thomas Edison has this quote, which I love to live by, and it is that if we were to do all that we were truly capable of, we would literally astound ourselves. Yes. And it is my favorite quote because it's so true. We, we think that we know what we're capable of until we hit that level and we realize you know, we haven't even fully scratched the, the pedal to the metal. No. So um, that's that's what I like to live my life by. Woo! Let's let's get astounded, peeps. Tiffany, I love it. I'm 100% with it. Let's dive into how you're serving your clients with neuro-linguistic programming, with mindset transformation. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. So NLP, I mean, it profoundly changed my life, which is how I came to recognize its power. Mm -hmm. And from there, I realized that I have this gift of kind of being able to see below the surface of what's going on for somebody. So somebody will come to me and say, oh, I have a fear of success, or I have this, or I have that. And when we scratch below the surface, it's generally something else coming up. Mm -hmm. So what I am most passionate about and what my gift is, is helping people see that the limiting beliefs that they're carrying around now as adults were planted, those seeds were planted in their mind between the ages of zero and seven yep. in 95% of the cases and figuring out how we can reframe those first events so that they can stop reacting to adult situations from a child mentality. Damn. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's um, the filters that we're seeing life through it's it's been with people for so long that they don't even recognize that it's there, right? Like how we filter, how we um, I think it's delete, distort. We generalize this information. Like there's so much information at us, like we can't possibly handle it all. And so many people are just unconscious how they are self sabotaging themselves, how they are um, you know running and, and avoiding and have these coping mechanisms that are running the background, running the show. Um, it's it's so such an epidemic today that just so many people are not transforming. So I, I love that you're bringing this to them. It's awesome. Absolutely. And I, I think society has kind of gone this way of, you know, this is how I feel. And absolutely, you're entitled to your opinion. And if you're always getting offended over something, maybe stop to think that your reality is not serving you and you mm -hmm. can change your reality. Mm -hmm. right? But so many people become addicted to drama that it's like, well, I'm just going to be offended over every little thing so I can feed this drama addiction. Yeah. And so many people, I think, are reliving the same circumstance or same feeling or experience over and over and over again. Like, when are you going to say that's enough? When are you going to say no freaking more? I, I will not tolerate that happening in my life again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I was working with a woman recently who was like, you know, I saw the red flag or I didn't even see the red flags. Mm -hmm. I just totally ignored these red flags in this relationship I got in until it was too late. And it's because we seek what we know. So just because mm -hmm. you know that, you know, that abusive marriage that you witnessed between your parents growing up wasn't good, you still seek that out unconsciously. Wow. Wow. 
I love it. Is, is it getting hot in here, Tiffany? It is. <laughs> like, oh, we brought the fire early. <laughs> I love it. We're we're lit. Okay, let's go back into your journey because I know there, there's even more gold there. Um, let's talk about being in this for 20 years. That's like a lot of time to be, you know, really serving people, growing yourself, evolving. Um, tell us about the beginning of the journey. What set you on to the personal development um, journey? So my career started when I was 14 and it actually started wow. in fitness. Um, obviously when you get into fitness, there's a huge mindset, mindset element yeah. there that, that you don't realize at the time to motivate people to, to do more. And Performance. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Um, and so at the time I was struggling with eating disorders and I didn't want anybody else to hate themselves as much as I did myself. I didn't want anybody else to feel so uncomfortable in their skin that they would put themselves through literal hell. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and the only way I knew to do that at the time was through fitness. Um, if we go back one step further, I had been, I was actually abused by my stepmom growing up. Uh, she was a domestic violence survivor. So between the ages of three and about 10, when I had to spend every second weekend with them, I really got to see, and I, I didn't realize it until a little bit later in life, but I got to see how abuse is perpetuated, how hurt people hurt people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't feel that I could tell anybody. My mom and my stepdad both suffer from depression and anxiety. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to then come home and add to their stress and add to what they were already dealing with by being like, Hey, by the way, um, I'm being locked in closets and burned with curling irons. And, uh, you know, when I was seven, she threatened to leave me on the side of the road on the outskirts of our town for a stranger to come and kill. So, you know, how do you go home and say, so I begged for my life today and that wasn't awesome. And so I just <laughs> held on to this stuff for so long. And to be honest, it wasn't until my late twenties that I even realized that that wasn't normal. I mean, consciously, I knew it wasn't normal, but it was my normal. So I was just like, well, this is an abuse. And so I was really angry. And I remember, especially in high school, my parents asking me, like, why are you so angry? Like, you know, we, you have all these opportunities and, you know, you're top of your class and you're involved in every extracurricular, you're winning every leadership award and academic award that could be. Why are you so angry? And it was because I was holding all of this stuff from my, from my childhood. And I thought, and I think a lot of coaches at the beginning of their journey think this, I thought that I could heal myself by fixing someone else. Mm -hmm. I can just make you feel good about you mm -hmm. and that's going to fix me. Preach it. And Preach it, sister. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I learned that that was so wrong. So after, <laughs> uh, after about... 10 or so years of doing that, um, I started to realize that I had to work on myself. Yep. Um, after college, I moved to Australia, went to travel and ended up living there for eight years. And in that time, I was dating someone. The day I found out I was pregnant was the day I found out he had a girlfriend in another state. And wow. then I found out that he was a compulsive liar. Um, Australia really was like all about breaking me down. It was like eight years of breaking down everything I thought I knew to be true about myself to rebuild. And so, um, I ended up losing the baby in the process of everything that happened. And that really brought me to my knees where 
I was standing on the corner in downtown Melbourne one day, typical like city of 5 million people, lots of cars, lots of people, lots of noise. And I saw a cab coming and I thought I can just end all of this with just one step and it'll look like an accident. So nobody can be mad at me, but it'll, it'll take away this pain because I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this. And I went to take the step and my feet were rooted to the ground. And in that moment, I realized all of this stuff that I had been sweeping under the carpet, all of these things that I had been trying to fix in other people, I really had to look inside and deal with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that took me on my own personal healing journey and helped me really see how powerful the mind really was. What do you feel kept you there safe? divine intervention i i don't know honestly i saw i saw the moments of my life that were pivotal points in my pain and then i saw my parents faces my brothers faces and then i saw people that i had never met before mm. and my belief is that those faces were the people that i had yet to meet and impact with my story wow, wow. That's beautiful. Like, I think it's the, the flash of whatever, whatever is like truly important. Right. And when, when my audience hears this, like, I'm so grateful for this show because you're able to communicate like what is truly a value in those moments when we're thinking about giving everything up and letting everything go and saying, screw it all. Right. Because we just don't, we don't know how to get through. We don't know how to deal with the pain. We don't see it. We don't see an end in sight. That's when people are, in my opinion, what I've what I've come to understand in my own personal experience. When we have those thoughts, uh, contemplative thoughts of of like suicide or whatever it might be, it's because we feel powerless. We feel hopeless. It feels like nothing we will do will ever make a difference. So, like, why even try? Why even um, keep showing up? You know, and it's a really dark place to be in. But also from that place, you get a lot of clarity about what is important for you. Like you've you've seen, um, you know, with those images and people that flash in front of your eyes. Like some people have to go through so much trauma and difficulties and and suffering to finally stop self sabotaging, right? And to finally stop procrastinating, to finally stop putting off their dreams, to finally stop settling. But don't, for you listening or tuning in right now, don't wait till that moment. Say, say this moment, enough is enough. Say this moment, I'm done suffering. I'm done tolerating. I'm done just putting up with life kicking my ass. And turn that around, transform that, transition that. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason that I share my story is because I know that every time I, and I can feel it every time I tell it. The people, especially when I tell it live in an audience, I can feel like the the energy being sucked out of the room. It's like the, it becomes a vacuum yeah. and this place of like, I've been there. And I know that pain is the greatest catalyst. So if I can make you feel the pain in my story for just a minute mm. so that you don't have to wait until you're standing on that corner yourself, if that if that's what it takes to motivate you to take action now, then I'll tell my story a million times over. Yeah. But I don't ever want somebody to have to hit that rock bottom to realize that they need to pick themselves back up. Mm. Mm. Amen. Tiffany, I, I believe that's why we do what we do because we've experienced that pain and we know we're here to make that difference. But not because we are not able to be with ourselves and like 
like, you know, be with the emotions, whatever comes up. We're not out there trying to fix and solve people's problems because we can't like really be with the emotions that we have. We've had to do a lot of freaking work and there's more work to do. There's always, always more fun, playful uh, integration to experience. Right. Um, But I think it's, it's beautiful where we are already at in this conversation. I want to dive into um, neuro-linguistic programming because I think it's something a lot of people may have heard about or touched on. Um, Let's talk about for you, why it became an integral like tool set, skill set for you, what what got you into neuro-linguistic programming? So I, I went through a whole lot of things not to do. I did the therapy route. I did the rah-rah events route. I did the life coaches route. And they all, I mean, I learned something from all of them. Sure. It wasn't giving me the healing that I needed. What I just continually kept hearing was, you can't change the past. You can't change the past. You can't change the past. And I think that's a really terrible belief that we have as a society. Wow. Can I go back and stop that curling iron from hitting my head? No. Mm-hmm. Can I reframe how I look at that experience so that I don't take the negative emotions with me and I don't embed negative beliefs? Absolutely. And when we go back and we heal those events, it actually does change it because oh, yeah. I I hear over and over when I tell my story, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I'm like, I'm actually grateful for all of it. I wouldn't change a single piece of it because it brought me to stand here today. Like if even one of those moments mm-hmm. was altered slightly, we may not be having this conversation. Wow. Right. And so for me, NLP really is about choice and freedom yep. and recognizing that I can choose in any moment what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And that's not to say that I suppress any negative emotions that come up because the only way to get rid of them is to experience them, but to recognize that there's choices that are out there that I didn't even know existed before. I didn't know that it was possible to look at an obstacle or a crappy situation with gratitude. I didn't know that was a choice. I didn't know there was a choice to look at a situation and say, you know what? This isn't mine. I'm not going to take on this lack of worthiness because you've been previously abused. I'm not going to take on this lack of worthiness because you chose not to heal yourself. And so for me, NLP tells us that our behaviors are a symptom of our belief systems. And if we truly want to make a change, we have to pull out the weeds in the garden of the mind and plant flowers. Mm, mm. Let's identify some of those weeds that might be um, impacting us that, that, you know, especially our audience who's self-sabotaging and not really owning their greatness and their ability to serve and thrive and live whatever life that they could possibly build with possibilities live. What, how do they do that? How do they identify the roots and start to replant flowers? So... What I've found is that there's three kind of universal beliefs or fears that everything else stems from. So the first is I'm not lovable or nobody will want me, brings up this fear of rejection, fear of not belonging, fear of being alone, which is a primal thing as well, right? We're primally wired to be part of a tribe. Acceptance to a tribe equals survival. And so when we give into this fear, there's a whole slew of behaviors that come from it. We become a martyr, a doormat, a people pleaser, a rescuer, we put everybody else first and we forget about ourselves. So that's kind of number one. It's okay not to do that. This like women and moms, especially it's okay to have me time. 
Mm. Like the best thing that you can do as a parent is to work on your stuff. The best investment you can make in your kid's future is your Mm. own personal development. Wow. Because they don't listen to what you say. They listen to what you do. Say it, say it, say it again for the people. They, they don't listen. Me. They don't <laughs> listen to what you say. They, they watch what you do. Like we think it's really cute when we see these pictures of like the mom and the daughter, the young girl sitting at a vanity mm-hmm. and she's copying her mom, putting on makeup. And we don't realize that that extends in every area of your life. If you're telling your kid that they can be anything mm-hmm. and you're stuck in a dead end job, or you're telling your kids that true love exists and that they shouldn't settle and you're sticking around in a marriage for the kids, you're a liar. Like they will go by what you do. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so the first one, I'm not lovable. That's the big um, block that people pick up from, from whatever, right? There's lots of different circumstances that could happen that would cause that kind of an interpretation or that kind of a belief to set in. But that's like the big, one of the big ones, but one of the big three. Yes. So number two is I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. So this plays on our need to be significant, right? We all have a need to contribute and be significant. And so what this one does is it brings out like that perpetrator, that angry side of us, because when we feel not good enough, there's a tendency to lash out and put other people down. Mm. I was on a call with a client this morning talking about how their mom puts them down all the time. And Mm. I said, I want you to remember that the people who find flaws and fault in everything are deflecting from how they feel about themselves, right? When people go into that perpetrator predatory mode where they're just attacking anything and everything, they don't want you to see how little they feel about them. And this belief also causes us to become the perfectionist. Well, I can't put anything out that's not perfect because that'll prove that I'm not good enough or not worthy. Except the way to build confidence is actually by doing, doing. and <laughs> fixing. So it's this huge like oxymoron of, not an oxymoron, but this you know conundrum of, I, I, I don't want to take action, but I need the action to, to give me the confidence. So that's number two. Wow. And then number three is, I'm not safe. Mm. I'm not safe. And so this is really where money falls. And then we become the victim to our circumstances. It's not safe to sell. It's not safe to ask for a sale. If I try, I'll fail. So then I'm not safe. We become highly critical of everybody else. We refuse to delegate. Nobody can do it as good as I can. So I have to do everything. If I I want it to get done right so that I'm safe, then I have to have total control. We become control freaks. We can't let go of anything because then we're not safe. As you're talking about this, um, I, for me, I, an instance that happened for me is I was in like a Costco or I think it was a Sam's Club actually, and I got lost from my parents, right? And they, they, I wandered off. And the next thing I know, I'm just like getting yelled at, right? I couldn't, I couldn't find them. So I was afraid, like I couldn't find them. I was like, oh my gosh, where are they? Just like panicking. I don't even know how old I was, probably like five, six, something like that. And, um, so they come over and they're like, oh my gosh, Chris, like what happened to you? Like they were angry, they were happy, they were relieved, they were sad, they were, you know, like all these different emotions. But in that moment, I made it mean that 
I'm, I'm not safe to be on my own. I'm not safe like to just go adventure, to go explore. And you know, what did I do wrong? Like, did I, did I do something wrong? Did I mess up or something like that? And so like, while you were talking about that, I was like, okay, so I know there's, there's, it still comes to my mind and I still feel that energy around it. So like talking about what we were talking about is being grateful for that, being grateful for that adventurous spirit, being grateful for how much my parents freaking love me. And I experienced such deep love in my life and people who truly cared about me. Like I am so grateful for that, that stuck stored emotion that I carried with me for so long that made me feel like it's dangerous to wander out. It's dangerous to do something new. It's dangerous to, um, expose myself or, you know, something like that. Like if I, if, if, uh, I make the wrong step, uh oh, like I'm in trouble. It's not safe. And I think that's, that's really showed up in a lot of my life, Tiffany. So I'm super grateful for this. This is awesome. Yeah. And like, for me, my, the abuse from my stepmom came when I was performing. I've always mm -hmm. been a natural performer. And so it would be when I'd be putting on a play or a dance show that I would get abused. And so I learned, I mean, the time that I begged for my life at seven, I was putting on a dance show for my cousins. I wasn't being loud or rambunctious. I was just, the spotlight naturally fell on me. And so I learned that it wasn't safe to be me. And I, I started to blend in. I remember mm -hmm. it got so bad, this like need to blend in in junior high, we had maybe five, 600 kids in our school. And in junior high, we had a whole school assembly and I won a snowboarding jacket and I had to walk up on stage and my class was sat seated at the back. So I had to walk the entire length of the gym with everybody watching me. And everybody else is pissed off because they didn't win this jacket. Right. It's like a $200 jacket up on stage, get the jacket and then walk all the way back by myself. <laughs> and I was terrified of it. Gosh. And so like these, these moments in childhood, no matter how big or small, it doesn't even have to be, you know, mine was abuse. Yours was just doing what happens to literally every kid at least once in their life. They wander <laughs> off, they get shiny object syndrome, right? But it's had this impact. And so we don't realize that even these like insignificant quote unquote moments yeah. in childhood can plague you for the rest of your life. I had a, a guy came to one of my workshops when I was living in Australia. He was in his mid sixties, early to mid sixties. And I could tell every time I asked a question, he wanted to answer, but he'd never put his hand up. Hmm. So I said to him on one of the breaks, you know, how come you're not getting involved? What do I have to do to get you to participate? Yeah. <laughs> Let's play ball, slugger. Yeah, come on. You're here for a reason. <laughs> and uh, he told me that when he was in grade one, he was sitting at the front of the class and his teacher asked a question and he was like, oh, me, me, pick me, like bouncing up in his chair. And so his teacher called on him and he answered and he got it wrong. Mm. And then his teacher belittled him in front of the entire class. So from grade one to mid sixties, he never put his hand up again. He never asked for the opportunity, never answered the question again. Like Damn. that's how much these, you know, these small moments in childhood can really affect us for the rest of our life. Tiffany, this is this is powerful. I want everyone who's listening to this right now to self-identify, practice some self-awareness. And if you need some help, if you want to talk to Tiffany about this and get more clarity around you, definitely do it. But I'm curious which one you see yourself in um, the most. Is it the I'm not lovable? Is it the um, I'm not worthy? 
Is it the I'm not safe? Which one do you see most resonates with you? And uh, I want to find out like what we can do about this, Tiffany, because I know there's a lot of different strategies, a lot of different things that we could do. Let's talk about what you recommend or um, just different methodology that you practice with neuro-linguistic programming. So working one-on-one with a client, I would take them back to that first event and really rewire that event so that it kind of changes everything after that. Um, If you're not sure what the first event is, you can ask yourself whatever belief it is, even if you don't know which of those three it falls under. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a, I'm scared to be on stage. I don't know why. Because it scared to be on stage could fall under any of those three. We tend to think it's the not safe, but it could be, well, people are going to throw rotten tomatoes at me, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to stumble over my words and not be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be any of the three. So sit there and ask yourself, what's the purpose of this? What's the Mm -hmm. purpose of not liking or being afraid to be on stage? What's the purpose of this anger? What's the purpose of this fear, this shame that is controlling my behavior, whatever it is? And keep asking yourself the, that question. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? What's the purpose? And you'll come to a point where you have this aha moment of like, there it is. That's the thing. And like you likely had, or like you had when I was talking about the, the three, you'll flash back to a moment where you're like, why is that even popping into my head right now? Yep. That's the moment, right? And so ask yourself, what do I need to learn from that situation to let it go? Mm. Damn. Damn. And by the way, everyone, take some time. Write this in your phone. Write it on a piece of freaking paper. Do whatever it takes. Pause this. Whatever it takes. Just write this down and answer this question because, like, wow, this is, the, this is the keys to the kingdom. It's so simple. So simple. But what a profound impact it will have when we actually do that and then integrate whatever it is that we are meant to learn from this. Man. Gold. Tiffany, this is gold. So when we identify that, um, the wisdom, the, the golden nugget, the thing that the, the seed of um, positivity, so to speak, the positive meaning, the, the reason to be grateful, um, is, it, is it done? Is it complete forever? Is, it, is, is someone just completely broken through and will never experience that emotion again? So no, not that emotion. So to fully heal the emotion, you have to experience it. So if you get emotional in this process, like just let it out Mm -hmm. because the pushing it down and suppressing it is why you got to this place. So a couple things, look at those lessons that you need to learn and figure out how you can apply those lessons to your life now, Mm -hmm. because there's a chance that the universe, God, whoever it is you believe in has been giving you this same lesson over and over and waiting for you to get it right? If you line up my ex-boyfriends, it's like I dated the same person, the face changed and the behavior got progressively worse, but I fell for that same type, right? right? And after I healed myself, my type totally changed. Like my husband, had I met him 10 years ago, totally would have been in the friend zone because he was not my type. (laughs) Why? Because he treats me like I am worthy. And that was not a belief I had 10 years ago. Petia says the same thing. She's like, if we would have met each other like even five years ago, it wouldn't have worked. (laughs) Exactly. So ask yourself, like, how do I apply this information to my life now? And you may find that some of the challenges you're facing now just kind of disappear. Then secondly, realize that your emotions exist because it's your unconscious mind's way of communicating with you. 
So anger tells us that we have missed, we're, we're both predator and prey animals. Sure. So anger tells us that we've missed our prey, right? Mm. We were on the attack and we missed something. It also means that one of our boundaries has been crossed. So somebody has treated us in a way that is not in alignment with what we want and need. Mm. And so we have to set a boundary. That's where anger stems from. And if you don't set the boundary, that anger will grow into rage and resentment. And that's just never pretty. Sadness tells us that we have lost that prey again, or that we've been wounded in the hunt. And so we need to take some time for self-care and self-nurturing. We need to allow those wounds to heal. Fear is not never, it's never meant to be a stop sign. It's meant to be a yield sign, mm -hmm. like a proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. The amygdala, which is the fear center of our brain, it responds not just to the saber-toothed tiger running at you, which is a real threat, but perceived threats. Mm -hmm. And so because we are creatures of comfort, if something is, if we do something outside of our comfort zone, even if it's going to a different Starbucks, mm -hmm. all of a sudden the amygdala is on high alert, like, whoa, what could possibly happen here? Right. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take a minute to go, okay, yep, I, I appreciate you. It's kind of, fear is kind of like that three year old toddler where they're asking a question. And if we just keep ignoring them, they get louder and louder and louder and louder until there's like, alarm bells and sirens going off and we're paralyzed. But if you just take a minute and sit with the fear and say, okay, I see what you're telling me. I'm going to look around. I'm going to fact check my numbers and whatnot. And then I'm going to proceed. The fear will settle down. But the reason it paralyzes people is because firstly, they're bringing up times from their past, like you had mentioned. And also, also they're not listening to it. So the emotions are never going to go away but they are a sign to us that we need to act on something. Wow. Wow, that's good. I love it. So it's like an a indicator, like almost like this GPS, that we are equipped with the brilliant state-of-the-art functions, and uh, our emotions are here to guide us, to lead us, to pay attention to certain things, to process, to um, become aware, to make better choices, to adjust our behavior, to adjust the environment and just whatever is is causing the misalignment and like be back in our zone of of flow right be back in the zone of hey everything's working good i feel like i've i've gotten my hunt i've gotten the prey i'm i'm winning i feel safe i feel um you know whole and complete and i'm not wounded like everything's all good all systems go uh, but a lot of people just don't even listen to what is being told to us cuz we weren't taught that Absolutely. We're just taught that those negative emotions make us feel gross. Mm. We've never really been taught what they mean or how to deal with them. So then we just do what everybody else does and we shove food or alcohol or drugs down our throat. We work more, exercise more, shop more, go on social media more, all these things to distract ourselves from actually feeling. Mm. Mm. So I know that there's... Um when emotions, when we have emotions, we have certain behaviors, we have certain things that help us cope. And uh, I know that there's anchoring in neurolinguistic programming, which is a big component of it as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about how our emotions might be linking with certain self-sabotaging behaviors and, and um, you know, behaviors that we can identify and really start to go to work on and, and pay attention to these more? Yeah, for sure. So I'll give you a little bit of story. 
Um, I took a yin yoga teacher training. If you've never done yin yoga, it's like you hold poses for three to five minutes to stretch mm -hmm. out the fascia and connective tissue. Um, and it's more stretching poses, not so much like your warrior poses. Mm -hmm. But um, I was doing that and I had just left a business that I was working in to start one of my own businesses. And my old boss, um, because I was essentially running the business, his business collapsed after I left and he was suing me and it was the first time I had a lawsuit. And so he's suing me for like $120,000, which I did not have. That was a lot of money to me back then. And I'm like freaking out. Yeah. Um, my lawyer is like, he can't sue you for wages. Like that's against the law. And I'm like, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, so I'm like in freak out mode. So I go to, I'm on my last day of my yin yoga teacher training. And did you ever, as a kid, like lay on your back and then kick your feet over your head to like touch your toes right here? Oh yeah. Right. yeah. So that's actually a yoga pose called plow pose. Yeah. And so every morning to start the yin yoga teacher training, we would do like our own practice. They would lead us through a class. And so we go into that pose and in yin yoga, if you're flexible enough to, you drop your knees down beside your ears. So you're really like folded in half. Yeah. And it's not a great position to be in if you're so, so hard to breathe. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Why am I here? <laughs> it feels amazing down your spine. But uh, if you have any claustrophobia, do not do that pose. So I get into that pose and all of a sudden I start thinking about this lawsuit. And I feel this panic coming on, mm. trying to push it away and trying to come back to my mat. And this panic just overwhelms me. It was the first time in my life that I had a panic attack and I'm folded like a pretzel and I couldn't get out. I actually, my, my muscles started to seize up and I got oh. stuck in this position. I somehow managed to kick myself onto my side, like kind of flip myself yeah. sideways. And then my full body went into spasm mm -hmm. and I was just laying there in the fetal position I ended up like pulling every muscle in my body from the spasms, couldn't get out of bed for four days. Oh my God. And <laughs> what happened, the reason I'm telling you this story Dude. is that when I was able to get back out of bed, I went and I pulled my yoga mat out because I was a very active yogi at that time. And I had another panic attack. Wow. And so my panic, that feeling of anxiety and panic attack became anchored to my yoga mat. So what it is, is when you're having an intense emotion and there's an external stimulus, something happens in your environment and your brain links the two and it links it as a reflex like behavior. So it's not even under your control. It can happen in the positive as well. Like the first time you kiss somebody or you realize you're falling in love, there's a song playing in the background. And every time you hear that song, you think of that person, right? That's an anchor as well. So it can happen in the positive and the negative, but people do have a lot of negatives that, that negative anchors to their self-sabotage. So um, a common one that I have seen with my clients is that as they start experiencing wins in their business, they're financially not stressed out or whatever, it's like they throw themselves down the proverbial mountain. They just like light it all on fire and put themselves back in a position where they are stressed out and their backs against the wall in order to move forward. And so it's realizing, and, and the best way to become aware of this is to ask yourself, okay, 
when I've self-sabotaged in the past, what was the trigger? And ask yourself and really break it down. And I mean, this could be from negative behaviors as well. Like I get bored, I look at my fingers, I start chewing on my fingernails. Or I get bored, I see my phone, start scrolling through Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever for hours. Mm -hmm. Or I get lost in YouTube cat videos, right? Like recognizing what is the the trigger for the behavior that causes you to go down a pathway and then what changes can you make to your immediate environment that will stop that from happening so like if scrolling through social media is a challenge for you on google chrome you can install uh, an extension that takes away the facebook news feed so you can still go on and post you can see all the notifications so if you're using it for business you can do all those things but you can't scroll because the new news feed's gone. Dang, dang. That's that's so important is identifying what is the 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 behavior that my feeling of um release, feeling of, you know, I think that's that's what it is. Like so many people, it's like, ah, I'm so anxious, I, I feel like crap, or those there's stress, something triggered me in life, right? I got triggered versus the trigger of, you know, behavior or thing or um coping mechanism. And then we want to find some kind of outlet. And it's like our brain, our unconscious mind's like, all right, if you're not gonna deal with this, I'm gonna freaking deal with this. I'm gonna go waste 30 minutes on Instagram because you are just not Cutting it. So bye. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it happens with comfort eating. It happens with alcohol. Like I've had a stressful day. I need wine. Do you? Could you go for a walk and have the same impact? Could you go to the gym? Could you talk to somebody? Um, a lot of people who are smokers will only smoke when they drink. So take away the alcohol element, right? Is If the only way that you can socialize with your friends is over a beer or a glass of wine, then you either need new hobbies or you need new friends. Mm. 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 So good. So good. I love it. Um, when people get clear on, um, you know, what, what is the self-sabotaging trigger? What's coming up for them? How do they relink it with something more empowering? So the best thing that you can do, so if you take like, we typically use our knuckle in mm -hmm. NLP. And every time something positive happens, just press that knuckle for about five to 15 seconds. And that'll start to anchor the positive in there. Boom. And then that way, when that negative thing happens, you can set off the positive trigger. You obviously want to make sure that you're not anchoring the negative into that. But if you feel yourself going down that pathway of, I'm about to start scrolling on social media, so I'm going to go do something else or... Mm. I'm about to reach for a glass of wine, so I'm going to go walk the dog instead. Yeah. Then anchor that feeling of like I did something different in, yeah. and over time that'll become stronger and it'll rewire that pathway. So um, I know we we also need to like set the anchor, which we may not get into in this in this conversation. I was curious though. Um, I do a lot of like mirror work and self talk in the mirror, and so mm -hmm. I'm curious. I like to express myself and channel my physiology and do all kinds of high energy stuff. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on um, setting an anchor in that in that um, you know mirror work and when I'm doing like uh, my personal commercials, selling myself on myself and like 
speaking those affirmations, stepping into that power, um, what is your opinion on just letting my physiology do whatever it wants or um, anchoring it into a specific point? Is there is there more value or would you recommend that we that I anchor it into a specific point or just um, let my body do what it's going to do? So while your body is feeling that emotion, because your unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fiction and reality. So even if you're manufacturing that state, like we have certain songs that pump us up that we listen to every morning to like yeah. start our day off with power. There's the power pose where you stand like you're Superman or Wonder Woman, feet hip width apart, hands on your hips, chest up, looking forward, hold that for two minutes. It produces more testosterone in the body to make you more confident and assertive. Mm-hmm. Any of that. I would then, you know, you're already feeling those emotions, anchor it in mm. so that when you're not able to manufacture that state, like when it, yeah. there's this day where life is just like giving you a beating, yep. you can then set off that anchor and change your physiology from that way. Wow. I love it. And what, you know, something I've, I've recognized is I'm really good at kind of being, um, it's almost like, I don't know if this is accurate, but chaotic feminine energy in a, in a good empowering way, like feeling the emotions fully, but then mm-hmm. like just the being rooted. Cause I was, I'm, I love that this came up. I think I manifested this when you were talking about doing the plow pose. I was like, okay, so in that you're like stretching your back and you're almost confronting that claustrophobia and just mm-hmm. being okay with like being uncomfortable in that like con- contracted position. Right. And I was thinking like, what position yoga position could you get into that you feel like rooted and power? And, you know, there's like mountain pose where you can put, just stand straight up and put your hands out or, you know, whatever it is. But I like the Superman pose better. And I think that to do that in front of the mirror and go, you know, I probably go dance around or get super high vibe with a song first and then jump in front of the mirror and be like, all right, and then speak the affirmations, um, you know, to, to the mirror looking at myself, like I feel the rootedness um, is something that is missing, like being rooted and and standing in my power, speaking it has been missing from my affirmations, which have been like wildly emotional in a good way, but not necessarily the grounded, powerful, precise focus. And I think that that has been been missing from my life, Tiffany. So this is fucking powerful. I love this. I there love you this. go. And I think there's a power in doing the creativeness. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you're also pulling in, like for me, that's yeah. pulling in energy from the universe from and the then bringing it down yeah. Yeah. into mm. mother earth, right? Mm. It's taking that higher self aspect of you and bringing it into the physical wow. so that you can combine your spirit and your body which allows you to manifest here. Like the reason that so few pe- that a lot of people struggle with manifestation is they either can't access that higher self. Yep. They can't access that intuition and that you know that total understanding mm. or they're so up here and so woo woo that they have no idea how to make it something on the physical plane. So when you can have that chaotic craziness and then bring it into a very rooted grounded position you know, warrior pose, uh, Mm. the Superman pose, any of those really strong standing positions, then you're able to root that down and take it through all the chakras, take it through everything. And then it's still there in the earth for you to draw on later when you need it. Love it. I love it. I think that's been one of my biggest challenges having all these brilliant ideas, Tiffany, but like, no, not enough. Like I see room for growth, plenty, plenty. And I want even more um, rootedness, groundedness, execution, effective execution on on the goals. Because like I said, a lot of really lofty goals. I, I'm really good at imagining and, and experiencing like big goals. 
But the question is like the execution on that and the bringing that into existence and even getting into the fathering energy, right? Like the, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good nurturer. I'm a good listener. And, you know, I can go anyway, it, both ways, masculine and feminine energy. But um, anyways, I just, I, I want to say thank you. This has been super awesome for me. And I know that there's people out there um, who can self-identify as well with, hey, am I just head in the clouds kind of guy and not, or or gal, and not producing the results? Or am I like super, super practical and getting caught up in the details and not staying connected with the vision and like feeling life moving through me? Love it. And I just want to give you one more tip. Yeah. Is that like the feminine mother energy is about the birthing of the idea. Mm. We haven't, from a global perspective, there hasn't been a lot of examples of the father in the light, the universal father in the light. Mm. But what we do know is that when the masculine steps into the light, its gift is insight into being able to see how to organize and create structure around what the female has birthed or the feminine has birthed. So it's, you know, it's the dad that has three children and says, you each have vastly different personalities. And so I'm not going to create a blanket set of rules. It's going to be, here's how I bring out your superpower and what's best in you. And here's what's best for you. And here's what's best for you. Mm -hmm. So that masculine energy in the light is about having the insight to take what has been birthed, to take that idea and the creation in early forms and say, here's the insight to the structure that needs to be created to organize things more effectively. Damn. Damn. Okay. So this is, this is so powerful because in the self-sabotaging, we'll also see, Hey, what is that? What am I getting? What are my results? What is my current reality that I am creating based on my thoughts and my emotions and my behaviors? So this is like super insightful for people to know, Hey, which, which energy is blocked? Which energy am I being dominated by? Or which one is like trying to run the show or whatever it might be. This is super, super great, Tiffany. Um, I'm curious, like, you have all these different modalities that you you pull from in yoga, talking about masculine and feminine, neurolinguistic programming. Um, tell, tell me a little bit more about why for you it was important to bring these different skill sets together to be able to serve your clients. I think it just kind of happened rent. I mean, there's no such thing as coincidence. For me, it felt very random in that I have always been rooted in the science. I'm a very mm. science brain. And yet... Australia, Australia in particular, really brought out my spiritual side. It brought out this side of me. And I think spirituality is a little bit more open down there. Um, You know, there's pockets of it. But where, and maybe it was because I wasn't around my friends and family who had the very like conservative mindsets. Uh, I'm from like a small country town where, you know, it's a cowboy mentality. Um, So, Maybe it was because that I wasn't around that and I was free to experiment who I was, but I was heavy into acro yoga. I was heavy into horse yoga and horse meditations and using horses as an intuitive guide to your healing. And so all the universe just kind of delivered me all these different modalities at the right time. And I saw the science behind all of it. And because I am so science rooted, I I feel like my gift is being able to bring the science and the spiritual together so that I can impact more people because we are still a very science-based culture. And I've done so many talks where I'll go into a business 
and I'll talk and I'll open the door to spirituality through science. So because I can back everything I say up with science that I've either done or, you know, studies that have been done by other people, people are more open to what I have to say. And I've had people come to me and they're like, you know, we had somebody come last month and they were so woo woo and like fluffy that I was just like, is this talk over? And then you came in and basically said the same thing as them, but you framed it up under science instead of spirituality. Mm. I'm in. And so I think that's really my gift is that the universe kind of delivered all these things to me in different ways. But for me, they're, they all fit together. Yeah. I, I realize they're super random, but to me, they all fit together because it's just another tool to help somebody step into their power. Yeah. And that, that integration, that healing that occurs when we start to see the different perspectives and not, not um, be conflicted by them, right? To say, oh, if, you, if I see things in a spiritual way, then the science can't be real. Or if I see things in a science, scientific way, oh, then the spirituality can't be real. It's like, no, it, actually the, the deepest truths, they come together and we're able to see the whole complete picture. And then that, that also includes all the tools and modalities that we pick up along the way and skill sets to be able to like back that up and, and the evidence in our own life and our own life experience says, you're right, this is true because I've experienced it because I've lived it. And so now I get to come from that experience and create even more. Yeah. I mean, if we look at Eastern cultures, there's thousands of years of studies and proof to show that there is so many ways that we don't even know to heal ourselves oh, yeah. and to find the answers that we're seeking. We just have to be willing to step into it. Mm. and ask ask and ye that's right. shall receive you know that's that's one of the things um really that made a big difference in my journey early on is i was like like i want to find an answer you know like show me an answer and i think a lot of people there's there's a number of people out there who are suffering who are dealing with traumas who are dealing with self-sabotage who have challenges and blocks and they might be like pretending like they want to find a solution but are they actually committed and willing to do what it takes and to wholeheartedly ask for that solution and so i think um you know for everyone who's listening in your in your heart in your mind in your soul in your being like truly ask like universe god source creator whatever it is show me the answer show me the the next step show me the person like tiffany who can help me get to where i want to go who can help me break through whatever blocks i'm experiencing because you you deserve to find the solution the solution is out there you don't have to continue suffering with whatever your current reality is that you might feel powerless or hopeless or you know just depressed around like you can change it you can create a different reality you can shift into whatever you want and when you ask the question, be willing, firstly, to receive it, mm -hmm. be open to it, and be willing that it's not going to show up in the box that you want it to. I, I think so often the universe does deliver the answer, but we're like, no, that couldn't possibly be it. That's not in alignment with what, <laughs> what I think I want, right? It'll show up as hard work or something else. Yep. Um, Thomas Edison has another quote that opportunity often shows up in overalls disguised mm. as work, and so people miss it. It, I, I totally butchered that, but it's, you know, it's something like that. And so be, you know, if you ask the question, yeah. be willing to sit in silence or solitude or whatever you need to, to receive the answer and then be willing to see it when it comes, regardless of the form that it comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say like universe, God, source, creator, whatever it is, 
like humble me enough to be able to receive this. Cause like, sometimes I just am being a dumbass. <laughs> <You know? laughs> show me, show me how to listen. Show me how to receive. Like sometimes I suck. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tiffany, it's been a blast. I know there's, there's so much more that we could get into as well. Uh, but this is just the tip of the iceberg so that people can get to know you. And I'm sure there's people who want to get to know you more, who want to stay connected, who want to find out more about how they can um, transform their own life, their own beliefs, um, their own reality with you. How do they do that? What are their next steps? So you can connect with me. Probably the easiest way is through my Facebook group. If you go to www.successsecretsgroup.com, that'll redirect you to our group. I do live trainings in there every single day on mindset. Um, you'll be able to find me from there. If you just uh, look up Tiffany Toombs, you'll find me as well. And for anybody listening, I would love to offer a 30-minute session with me so that we can clear out the biggest limiting belief or mental block that you have right now so that you can make sure 2020 is the year that you want it to be. Mm. Mm. Tiffany, you are a champion. And by the way, they find you T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. That is Tiffany. And then Tombs, T-O-O-M-B-S. And again, that that uh, URL for the group, for the Facebook group, which she's adding tons of value in, www.successsecretsgroup.com. And get in contact with this woman. Get that, that transformational 30-minute session. Let's start breaking through that BS and stepping back into your power and the life that you deserve to live. And Tiffany, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here and just how you've dedicated yourself, how you've like gained all these beautiful tools and skills and abilities to serve people with. And I'm so stoked to see how it continues to amplify and you continue to continue to grow. And um, I'm coming out to Dallas in uh, a week. So we're, we're freaking oh, yeah, meeting we're up. Oh yeah, we're going to connect. Freaking meeting up. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. awesome. I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here and keep freaking shining, girl. You're, you're so radiant. Thank, Thank you. you. Looking Thank forward you. to meeting you. Have a great rest of your day, okay? You too. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>